Hi, welcome to the Vineyard Altoona podcast, where we attempt to equip people for kingdom release on the air. If you have any questions or just want more information, you can visit our website at vineyardaltuna.org or any of our social media platforms at Vineyard Altoona. And now, here's Derek with the message. Well, hey, everybody, welcome again to Vineyard Altoona. My name is Derek, and if this is your first time connecting with the Vineyard, I'm so glad you've chosen to do so. I hope this time is beneficial for you. We're going to continue in a series that we started last week, but before we do that, I'd like to pray. So would you just bow your head and pray with me? Lord, I do welcome you into this time and into this space. God, we just acknowledge that we need you. Lord, we're nothing without you. God, out of your hand comes all things. And Lord, we trust you for everything that we need. God, I pray that you would give me your words to speak. Lord, would none of me be seen but all of you, Lord. So come and have your way, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, We began this series last week that we've called CORE. And the whole idea behind the series, it's, is it, it's intended to help us reestablish and remember the foundations of the story that we're a part of. We want to remember who we are as a church. You know, I said last week that as human beings, we need to be reminded of the story that we're a part of, don't we? Isn't that just something we always need to be reminded of the story we're a part of? You know, we celebrate Advent and Christmas every year. And the reason is we need to remember that Jesus came and was born as a baby. We celebrate Good Friday and Easter every year. Why? Because we need to be reminded that we are a people who have been bought by the death of Christ, but because of the resurrection of Christ can look forward to life uh, beyond this this life, that that life continues, that resurrection uh, is not just for Jesus, but it's for us too, that we that we remember these things. And all of these things remind us of the story that we're a part of. I said last week that story is so important because it's so powerful. It's out of story that we make sense of who we are and we answer the questions of uh, of life and the things, uh, things make sense because of the story that we're a part of. We need to be reminded of our story. Now, this series... Be, builds on itself. Today, we're going to talk about the mission of Vineyard Altoona, which is to equip people to release the kingdom of God. Now, here's the thing, though. We need to set it in its proper context. The mission of Vineyard Altoona doesn't exist without what we talked about last week. So if you didn't catch the message last week, take a second, go to YouTube, watch the message, or go to our podcast and listen to the message But it doesn't, let me just illustrate this uh, for just a second. I'm sure you've seen the stereotypical wedding cake, right? You know, it's got the big round layer and then it goes up and up and up and so many layers. And each layer is built on the foundation below it, right? So you can't just have the top layer hovering in midair. It requires all of the, the layers below to support the top layer. And in the same way, Vineyard Altoona and the mission of this church is one of the upper layers 
It requires that foundational layer that we built last week, that we talked about the grand narrative, the grand story that God, of what God is doing in the world. And built on top of that is what the, the purpose and the, the, the narrative of what the function of the church of Jesus Christ is. And then above that would be the, the mission of Vineyard Altoona. All of those things require the foundation built before. The mission of Vineyard Altoona does not exist apart from the foundational story of Scripture. And so you, you might want to take a, a second and go catch the message from last week. But if you didn't, let me sort of uh, recap what we talked about. Last week, we talked about the grand story that the Bible tells that in, in creation, that all things come from the hand of God, that God is the source and the originator of all things. And that humanity was created by God to serve as God's image. That humanity was made to represent God in the world. That's the function of human beings. And I told you last week that, that the problem is that we don't want to, to be under the rule and the reign of God, demonstrating to the world the rule and reign of God. We want to build our own kingdoms, right? All of us want to build our own kingdoms. We want to rule as the kings over our own kingdoms. And so we reject, as human beings, we reject the rule and the reign of God. That's what's wrong with the world. And because of that, the image of God in all of us is tarnished. But because God created us and he deeply loves us, he didn't give up on us. Instead, he set on a mission to restore relationship with us, to restore the image of God in us, to bring us back to relationship with himself. And he did this through Jesus, that Jesus came and he lived as the perfect image of God. And that as the perfect image of God, he went to the cross and he died on your behalf and on my behalf, such that the image of God could be restored in all of us as we come to, to faith in Jesus Christ that we can be restored to relationship with God. That was last week. That's the foundational layer of the cake that we're talking about. It's the base layer. Everything else has to sort of grow out of that or build from that. We don't add anything to that story. Our story and the mission of our church is contained within that. It's not something else. You know, it's this overarching narrative that defines who we are. We have to start here. And the main point really is that God himself is on a mission, that God is a missional God. This is the context for any statement about the mission of the church and especially about the mission of Vineyard Altoona, that it's not our mission. God himself is a missional God who, and he is on a mission to restore all creation back to him. It's his mission. You know, Christopher Wright is a, an author I really appreciate. He's an Old Testament theologian and a missiologist. He's written a number of great books on the subject of the mission of God and the mission of God's people. And uh, the, those two titles I would recommend, they're not reading for the faint of heart. The mission of God is about 600 pages. They're, they're kind of a doorstop. Uh, but if you if you really would like to understand the topic biblically, I would highly encourage the book. But uh, Christopher Wright says this. He says, 
God doesn't have a mission for his church. He has a church for his mission. Let me say that again. God doesn't have a mission for his church. He has a church for his mission. The point is, the church hasn't been handed a mission. The church has been adopted into God's mission as a resource for God to use. What Wright is saying is that any talk about the mission of the church or the mission of a church has to be thoroughly rooted in the reality that we don't create the mission. That's one of the dangers, you know, that one of the things that's so prevalent is church planting. It's become sort of in vogue uh, as of probably the last 15 or 20 years that church planting is a big deal and we all want to have mission statements. But here's the big caveat. We don't get to decide what the mission is. That's dictated to us. We don't create the mission. We inherit the mission from the God we belong to. It's entirely up to him. We can't tell him what the mission is. He invites us and adopts us into the mission. So what is the mission? As followers of Jesus, we turn to Scripture to understand what mission God is on. And as we would expect, we would find in Scripture God's mission. We also would find in Scripture what our role as the church of Jesus Christ is in God's mission. There's two passages I want to look at uh, with you today. Normally, I only want to stick with one because it's just that way we can exposit one passage of Scripture. But there's two passages that I want to look at today that will kind of clarify what I'm after here. But before we do that, there's a word I think we all sort of take for granted that I would like to spend a little bit of time unpacking. And the word is church. When I say the word, people have all kinds of different ideas as to what the church is. You know, one of the tragedies of Christian history has been the way we arrived at what we understand as church today. You know, the word church comes from a translation of the German word Kirche, which it represents the building that the people of God meet in. So the German word Kirche gets translated church. And what ends up happening is it's representative of a building. And you see this all over Christian uh, Christianity in America, don't you? That, that we like to refer to the church as a building. You know, Vineyard Altoona has never owned a building. And there's been a lot of reasons for that, but some of them are intentional. That, that I don't believe that our existence should be defined by a building. But in our existence, people have said to me over and over, so when are you going to get a church? When are you going to get a church? Which is basically saying, when are you going to get a building? Or, or people have sent me pictures. I've gotten emails uh, of pictures of buildings that people refer to as churches. And they say, you should get this church. And what they mean is this building. You know, even during this COVID time, uh, we have, have sort of let go of the auditorium that we were meeting in. And the only space that we rent is the office space inside of a former elementary school. 
And yet, people still refer to this office space as the church. I'll see you at the church. I'm going to leave it at the church. I'm going to go to the church. Now, I understand there's expediency and it's it's easy to, to just refer to it because culturally we understand that what we mean when we say church is it's the property owned by the entity that is the church. I get that. But here's the problem I have with that. The problem I have is that sometimes the words we use and the terminology we adopt short circuits good understanding. It cuts off whole understanding. You know, in the Bible, the word church never implies a location. In fact, the word that gets translated church in the Bible is ekklesia. That's the Greek word. And what the the Greek word means is this is a body of called out people. And in fact, uh, it's actually used of Roman government, that those who have been elected and called out to govern all of the Roman Empire would be called the ecclesia. And they gather as the seat of power. But the function of gathering as the ecclesia is to, to create and to perpetuate the living of life in the world. That this is how the New Testament, Paul adopts this word ecclesia, which is used of Roman government, and says this is the called out people of God. That this is where governing decisions are actually made, is within this body of people, the ecclesia of God. That's, that's the, whole, the whole idea. But there's a parallel word in the Old Testament. The parallel word is kahel. That's a, a Hebrew word that also means the called out body of people. Throughout the scriptures, when the Bible talks about the people of God, they're always referred to as a people and never referred to as a location. Both kahel and ecclesia are implied a a body of people. And the understanding is that these people will gather. It's not that it's bad that we gather. The understanding is that the ecclesia of God will gather, but the gathering is not the goal. The gathering happens to plan, prepare, equip for the rest of life. In other words, the gathering facilitates effective scattering. The gathering of the ecclesia facilitates what we do when we're scattered. The scattering is where the mission takes place. Why do you need to know this though? Why didn't I just jump right into the two passages of scripture? Here's why you need to know this. It makes a difference in how we understand mission. It makes a difference. Listen, if you understand that the church is a building and a location that we go to, then it becomes natural to understand the mission of the church as getting people to our building. If the way you think of church is a location, then to get people in the church is to get people in the building. You know, we set up an organization, we have professionals to dole out religious goods and services, and at best... The people who attend an organization like this really exist to invite other people to get the same religious goods and services 
from the same professionals that we get them to. There's a reason I don't refer to the gatherings of Vineyard Altoona as services. Because I think it facilitates and it furthers this wrong-headed idea that the church is a place I go to receive religious goods and services. When I talk about the times that Vineyard Altoona gathers, it's always the Sunday worship gathering. Because the ecclesia of God gathers, but the purpose is not to gather, it's for mission. If instead we understand the church the way the Bible portrays, as those people who have been called out by God to participate in his mission, then the primary thought that we have is, how do we effectively engage in the mission of God? The gathering is important, but where we gather is not that critical. The gathering is important, but it's no longer the end. Instead, it's the means to the end that God has called us to, namely, that all people would come to the knowledge of the God of the Bible. That's the point. Those who work for the church are no longer ministers. Instead, we facilitate and equip God's people to be ministers where they are. That's the point. This is what it is to be the church. It's not a location. It's not a place we go. It's a body that we belong to because of our common faith in Jesus Christ. That's what it is to be the church. It's all about scattering. With that in mind, I want to take a brief look at two passages. Look with me at Exodus 19. Uh, in Exodus 19, in this passage, the Israelites have just gotten rescued by God from slavery in Egypt. And, and now they're in the desert being led by Moses. And here's what we read, beginning in verse 3, Moses uh, and God are talking. It says this, Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. Check it out. For the part that's important for our discussion today, verses 5 and 6, God effectively says, you have experienced, Israel, you have experienced my salvation from slavery in Egypt. Now, because I chose you and you have experienced my goodness, if you will remain in relationship with me by living in the way that I dictate, then you will be for me a kingdom of priests. God's not just talking about the priests in Israel. He tells Moses to tell all the Israelites this, that God expects all of Israel to function as a kingdom of priests. Remember that phrase. The other passage I want to look at, if you'll hold on to, to kingdom of priests, is 1 Peter 2. So Exodus is in the Old Testament. 
First Peter 2 is in the New Testament. And the reason I want you to look at these two passages is because God's mission and God's mission for his people never changes. First Peter 2, uh, Peter's writing to Christians who are living in a culture that does not support or foster Christianity. And so as he, they're trying to figure out how to live Christian faith in the midst of pagan culture, Peter writes this in, in verses uh, 9 and 10. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, he says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of, his, out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Peter says that the Christians he's writing to have experienced the salvation of God, that they've been saved by Jesus. They've experienced the goodness of God. And now as they live into the way God has called them to live, his mission for them is to be a royal priesthood, or you could say a kingdom of priests. This is not addressed to the Christian leaders only. Peter is writing to all the Christians. And he says, you will be a kingdom of priests. All through the Bible, God tells his people that they are a kingdom of priests. So what does it mean to be a kingdom of priests? Listen, the priests in the nation of Israel were people who God chose to serve two basic functions. The first function is to represent God's kingdom, to represent his good and perfect rule in the world. And if you remember last week, I said that's what the function of being an image of God was all about, to represent God's good and perfect rule in the world. That's the function of a priest after God calls them. The second function is to represent the people of the world to God. So they represent God's kingdom by living lives that reflect the values that God has called them to live toward. And this distinctly sets them apart. They live lives that are submitted to God's rule and where they have the ability to do so, they live into God's kingdom. They demonstrate God's rule. They demonstrate God's reign. The priests in the Old Testament advocated and upheld God's way of life. In this way, they demonstrate to the world what God is like. At the same time, the second part is that they represented the people before God by offering sacrifices. The way it would work is sinful people would come to the priests who had already been cleansed by their own offering. They would offer thank offerings or offer sacrifices. The priest would receive those on behalf of God and then turn and offer them to God. And so the priest's function was to offer sacrifice and to pray for and to offer thanksgiving for the people of Israel. God says in Exodus that the whole nation of Israel all of God's people were to serve this role in the world. All of Israel was to represent God's good and perfect rule in the world. And all of Israel was supposed to come before God on behalf of the people. 
If you're a follower of Jesus, this is your role. Peter picks it up in the New Testament. He picks up the same image and he says, those who have been chosen by God, who have surrendered their lives in faith to Jesus and have experienced God's goodness are to serve as priests in the world. They're to represent God's kingdom in the world. This is your role if you are a follower of Jesus. Your role is to engage the world on behalf of the God you know, to bring to bear the reality of the kingdom of God everywhere you go. When you see injustice, you meet it with the justice of the kingdom. When you see brokenness, you meet it with restoration. When you see relationships falling down, we don't agree with broken relationship. We pursue reconciliation. We demonstrate in the world what God's kingdom is like. And at the same time, as an ambassador of the kingdom of God, as a representative of God, you will see the brokenness of the world. And your role is to take what you see and experience and offer it to the Lord. That you would see the brokenness of humanity and you would plead to God on behalf of those who do not know him, that God would do something about it. That we would see people who are broken, who have a sickness and, and who are ill and who are, are hurting, and that we would plead to God for their healing. That we would see the thanksgiving and the things that God is doing in people's lives, and we would offer worship and praise and thanksgiving to the God that we know who has been generous to those who do not yet know him. Listen, this is part of your function as a priest in the kingdom. Worship is not just for you. When we worship with music, part of what you're doing is you're expressing your own praise and thanks to God, but as a priest in the kingdom, you're also summing up all the praises of everyone around you who do not yet know God and you're directing them to him. It's not optional for you to do this. This is what it is to be a priest. You represent God to the people and the people to God. All of us who follow Jesus are priests. That's the mission of God and God's people, the church. So that brings me to the last question. What is the mission of Vineyard Altoona? You know, if the church uh, of Jesus Christ is the body of people who have been called out by God to represent him to the world and to represent the world before him, what's the mission of this entity known as Vineyard Altoona? Listen, this is another layer of the wedding cake. We have to stack this layer on top of the mission of the church of God. So we can't create something else. We exist to equip people to release the kingdom of God. Our mission, the mission of Vineyard Altoona is to equip people to demonstrate the kingdom of God wherever they go. Vineyard Altoona exists to equip and empower people to do whatever God is inviting him into. This means that Vineyard Altoona is never intended to be a destination. Vineyard Altoona is not a collection point, it's a launching point. 
that when you come here to participate in this community, our intention is not that you stay forever, but that you would get propelled out to do whatever it is that God is calling you to do. We're a propelling center. We do not exist for ourselves. We exist for Christ and his cause. Our goal is to be a community where people can be welcomed wherever they find themselves. They can be cared for. They can be healed. They can be encouraged. They can be equipped. And they can be sent out to function in whatever way God desires. That's our mission. It all comes from Christ. Thank you again for choosing the Vineyard Altoona podcast. We're so excited to see how God will release his kingdom in and through you today for the glory of Jesus Christ. With this, be blessed, and we'll see you next time.